I mean, uh, the process that you would choose to design a B2C product compared to what you would choose for an enterprise is completely different. Our research phase was wild, man. Where and what exactly is the problem? That's our job to figure out. Because what we've done essentially is reduce lag time across 14 different verticals. And it brings in a completely different set of challenges, I think. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Thoughtcast by One Thing. It's an interesting topic today that we have, uh, generally ignored by designers and generally not so important for clients as well. That is why we're going to talk about this. Why is it so important? We're going to talk about uh, enterprise UX today. I have Venki with me who has an experience of working with, I don't know how many of the enterprise UX clients we have worked with that one thing. Great. So. Hi, Venki. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about like enterprise UX? What is it? Right. I think it's very important to define that first because yeah, it so. gets mixed up with a lot of uh, B2B SaaS products yeah. and it's not that. It's exactly not that. Yeah. yeah. An enterprise UX product is anything, any specialized tool or product used by a large scale organization for their employees at work. So it discounts things like your uh, HR platforms like Keka or like you brought up an interesting... It's not uh, a white labeled product. It's not a white labeled product or even you, the example that uh, we were discussing this earlier and the example you brought up was Slack. Slack is not an enterprise product, right? That is very much not an enterprise product. Like at, like that, that's the exact other end of that. It's fact. used by enterprises, yeah. but it's it doesn't, it would not qualify under enterprise UX as a category is what I think. Exactly. And in fact, enterprise uh, products are uh, probably products you've never heard of because those are the specialized tools that are the backbone of certain organizations or cogs in the wheel of certain organizations. Yeah, most right? times I think they wouldn't even have a name to themselves. Exactly, they don't have a name. Like yeah. the one that we built for uh, Crystal, for example, for doing, uh, managing their leads, what they call leads, right? Uh, that doesn't really have a name as such. You know, like we, in fact, um, I think I, that was an interesting product to work on because uh, there was no baseline to it, you know. And I think that's why I like building these because uh, they're a different kind of challenge. A completely right. different set of challenges, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really see these challenges out in the wild anywhere. You can have, you could have built a hundred different types of products across various industries. But this one specifically will throw you for a loop. So what we were doing for Crystal, if you remember, we were trying to streamline uh, 14 different uh, tools that they use internally and trying to bring it into one tool. Yeah. Right. And so that 14 is different verticals. Exactly. Using 14 different products. Exactly. Will now be using one one product, product across. Imagine all the kind of challenge that is. Exactly. So that is enterprise UX. You know, like trying to build a tool that solves a very specialized purpose for an organization, right? And uh, it's usually for like large scale, like I said, Crystal, like, you know, thousands of people across the world. So, yeah. I think most people, like businesses, when go for designing or investing in a product, they go for a B2C or B2B product from which they're going to earn directly. Yeah. But B enterprise UX, on the other hand, is generally ignored. Yeah. It's, it sits at the last place. I don't know why. It shouldn't actually. Yeah. Even though it's not going to come bring in the direct benefit, direct profits, but indirectly, if you think about it, like employees using it 
getting better experience at it and becoming more efficient in doing their day-to-day -day tasks, it's even more useful is what I think. I mean, it comes Absolutely. even before, it should come even before that. Absolutely. The the problem with, uh, you know, firstly, obviously, like I said, there are obviously special, these are specialized tools and they solve one very specific purpose within the organization. However, like you said, people try and uh, get like white label solutions for that, right? Which are, yeah, right? Like, But that's not going to really work in the long term because what you're doing is specialized to your organization. Right? Maybe what you're doing, nobody else is doing. What Chrysal is doing, for example, ratings. Right? A um, handful of companies do that and Chrysal is the market leader by a long shot. Yeah. Right? So what they have to do is very specific to their uh, industry, which is a specialized industry to begin with. Let's, let's, you know, let's look at it that way. And then, you know, having to build something from the ground up for an audience like that. I mean, let's talk about the challenges there, right? We had to talk to 14 different verticals. Understanding <laughs> their expectations. Yeah, right. And uh, what we try and do, for example, is, uh, as you obviously know, we try and get at least seven users uh, for uh, our user interviews. But now imagine trying to do that across 14 verticals. Our research phase was wild, man. You know, like trying to understand and not just that, the, 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 the thing is that the challenge was not just what we were trying to build. The challenge was the fact that we had to understand it first. We had no idea. We had no idea. We got an onboarding that lasted about like, you know, two to three days following which each vertical had to onboard us, right? Make, make us understand what they do. After that, we had to come up with the questions. Yeah. And now look at it, like it's been almost a year since that product was delivered, yeah. right? And now, today, they, in the last one year, it, it, it has become so easy for them yeah. to manage communication across verticals, for the leadership to see what is going on across verticals, and for their tech team to maintain one product now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if this is not benefit enough to invest in design what is exactly because what we've done essentially is reduce lag time across 14 different verticals for a lead to enter from one side and then exit through the other processed right we've reduced that time exponentially right not not just that like you said the tech team doesn't have to worry about uh, one something in the chain of command going down now they have to just worry about one tool one tool, one product, and they just have to maintain that, right? So we've essentially reduced, uh, you know, problems in that area as well. And I think what we've, uh, I, at least what I feel we've done to a certain degree, and this came up during, uh, you know, our user interviews with Crystal as well, is I think we've reduced, uh, you know, problems per employee. You know, I don't want to say we've reduced attrition because we don't really have that data, but like, you know, what... Uh, but I'm sure we would have. We would have, right? Like that, yeah. that is an indirect effect. Because what we figured was that people coming into the organization, fresh-faced, right? The organization themselves had to give them about like a month's worth of onboarding to understand the chain of different tools. Because there were 14 tools across verticals, yes, but like at any given point, one person had to work on three different tools. That's a very interesting point. I mean, all these big companies using whatever tools they use for years, right? They have set up a training process yeah. to teach people how to use these tools instead of redesigning these tools so that it's intuitive 
already for somebody who is joining in. Absolutely. Because if you think about it, that's 14 different types of onboarding you have to give. Because they went for 14 white label uh, tools, they have multiple different types of onboarding. And if yeah. one person has to use three, that's onboarding X3. Yeah. Right. Not to mention the fact they still have to get used to it. Three to four months of at least, you know, trying to wrap their heads around it. And that's, I think, one of the main complaints that came up is the fact that uh, they took a lot of time to really understand what was going on. Right. And uh, I mean, that's a loss. That's a loss to your, you as an organization because if someone is uh, effectively giving you out of the eight hours that they're working, they're effectively giving you six hours, right? And they're going to spend about two to three hours of the hat just trying to figure out what's getting happening. Getting frustrated. And like another hour getting frustrated and an hour for lunch. You are not really doing much as an organization. So that is why I think it's very important to invest in something that works for you specifically as an enterprise, right? And uh, I think we've seen that with Crystal and for that matter with Comviva, what you said about leadership tools. I think that was a very good point. That's what we built for Comviva. That's exactly what we sold. Yeah, the, yeah. The, with the one sync. The leadership uh, had to look at 10 different tools, talk to yeah. 10 different leaders of 10 different verticals to understand what is happening in the company. Yeah. I mean, imagine how much time, how much money is getting wasted in this. Yeah. And you know, coming uh, coming back to the fact that uh, you know, like what we are trying to solve for is uh, not just uh, you know trying to streamline work or anything. It's more than that. It's trying to um, firstly you know undo a lot of the clutter that comes with using multiple different platforms. Trying to you know understand all of that, it, and the challenges that involve understanding specialized tools, because they're not going to teach you this tool in college. Let's be yeah. honest, right? I mean, college is a completely different scenario, is what I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know your thoughts on college, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my point is that you know you don't come with this knowledge. Like you sort of have to learn it as you go, right? And uh, I think as an organization, that's a loss for you, and therein lies your ROI for you as an organization, that if you've built a tool that works across platforms, across verticals, uh, you're essentially, you know, reducing uh, the upfront load of trying to onboard someone. Yeah. And uh, maybe at the other end, maybe trying to reduce attrition because the frustration level goes down, right? Because these are specialized users that we're building. For. And I think it's not just the big companies like Crystal and Mahindra Comviva, right? It's also people like us, one thing. Yeah. Right. Imagine, like, from being a very small team, which used to use WhatsApp to start with, and then Slack, and then Basecamp, and we've tried hundreds of products, Keka for HR, like plugging in the gaps, right? But now, if I think, I mean, we should build our own tool which suffices all of our needs. Imagine how much would it solve for us? Yeah, absolutely. Because there is a, let's be honest, there is a lot of lag when it comes to going from tool to tool, platform to platform to do different tasks. Exactly. Because there is that time of settling in. There is that uh, possibility that uh, the person who's working on that is going to get distracted while uh, shifting through these different yeah. tools. Yeah. Like how much time does it take for you to, you know, like if, if for example, if I'm on Figma, and then I have to go to Basecamp. There is definitely a lag there for me because I'm probably going to stop on the way to look at my Instagram, <laughs> you know. Which is why Figma is kind of making sure you don't leave yeah, the platform. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What enterprises have to understand is that, yes, there is an upfront cost and an upfront, uh, you know, time to build. 
but the long term effects of this right is uh, unbelievable like we've seen it we've we've, we've uh, like Omiva came back to us and told us how that worked for them you know yeah. Chrysil has told us how it's worked for them so clearly there is something to be said about building specialized tools for just your internal purposes right yeah. because you're essentially making sure that the back end is running smoothly and only if that works can everyone else do their jobs I mean, yeah, that's the base of everything to start with, right? But if you look at it from designer's perspective now, for a moment, now, in college, or if I ask an intern to, let's say, design uh, something for their own portfolio, they would most likely pick a B2C product, yeah. right? Enterprise products, nobody ever thinks of learning what are the challenges there, or learning what the difference between designing an enterprise product would be and compared to a B2C product. Hardly taught in colleges, yeah. right? So, how can we change this thing? Like, how can we make enterprise UX, like, as, as cool as B2C product UX? That's a good question. I mean, even though it is cooler already, <laughs> Just that, I don't know why people don't realize. Because I think, uh, firstly, you know, with the word enterprise, it just brings to mind a white collar, stiff, uh, working in a, you know, block and things like that, right? But I kind of feel like you're right. Like, you know, I kind of feel like I, that's the first thing I began with. I really love the challenges that building this brings as a designer, right? As a designer, what is it? Like you have to build certain specific solutions. And the reason people go for B2C is that these solutions exist. They just have to iterate, right? Nobody wants to build from the ground up. And that's what, uh, that's what this uh, gives you. It provides you an opportunity to learn how problem solving works from the ground up. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it brings in a completely different set of challenges, I think. Yeah. I mean, uh, the process that you would choose to design a B2C product compared to what you would choose for an enterprise is completely yeah. different, right? I mean, starting from the requirement gathering to the final, let's say, interaction design. I mean, everything would be different in an enterprise. It's a completely yeah. different set of challenges. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, again, and the second thing, the reason that people probably don't uh, really go for this is uh, the problem itself, you know? Like having to learn about uh, the way Crystal goes about its work or Comviva does what it does, Mahindra Comviva, it, uh, you know, it's daunting. As a designer, you go in blind and I think people don't really like doing that because they want to come out on top, whatever they try to do. But as designers, you should not be afraid of going in blind. That's literally your job, you know, yeah. making sure that the fog is lifted from whatever problem is there. You have to lift that fog to see that problem and then you have to approach it and then like, but that's the design thinking process. You know? It's not a very clearly defined problem in, in an enterprise UX scenario is what I think. I mean, as a designer, you may get a client where they'll say, this is the product we've been using for 10 years now. We want to redesign it because it's not efficient enough. Where and what exactly is the problem? That's our job to figure out. <laughs> you interview people across verticals, meet them, understand what the problems are. Yeah. And then again, I mean, these are not the user's users. Like, not the regular users, these are employees of that company, right? What they would say will not be direct problems or may or may not be direct problems, right? You'll have to kind of dig deeper into what the problem is, into what 
from what they say. Yeah. But if you don't find that cool, you're probably in the wrong job. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like that's the exactly. whole point. Initial set of user interviews for Crystal, we had problems that were not really design related. It was things like, uh, slow chalta hai. like I can't really solve for that. <laughs> you know, I can't really make it go faster. But, but that that can add that can become a very important constraint. Yes, exactly. The fact that, you know, like it's going slow, probably, yes, it probably lies with the development of it or whatever the tool is. And that's just how it works, right? But then you kind of start putting two and two together or you go like, okay, maybe it's going slow because it is trying to display too much data at the same time. Exactly my right? point. Exactly and that is actually point. what it came down to, believe yeah. it or not, right? if you remember. Yeah. We yeah. cannot blame developers for everything. <laughs> right? I, I mean, a lot, to, of, I, a lot I, of these I, things know. we design without thinking of exactly. how they'll implement exactly. it. And now I know that how it's going to be implemented, right? I can make sure that whatever we are designing is quick enough, yeah. can be made quick enough, exactly. right? And the other problem that they told us was, uh, I, I usually can't find what I'm looking for, you know, like I've been using this tool for six years, I still have a problem trying to find what I'm looking yeah. for. And then you realize that, okay, you know, there are some basic things here that are lacking, like, uh, I remember, I think Comviva's platform, if I'm not mistaken, uh, did not have your breadcrumbs, you know? And that's a design problem. Like you can call it an enterprise tool, specialized uh, UX, whatever you want to call it, but the problems are the same. But this user is not going to tell you that there yeah, are no breadcrumbs. Exactly, you have to figure that out. you have to figure out. Yeah, and I think therein lies the problem. The fact that, you know, these uh, answers that you get, you're not able to decipher. Right, because for a tool like Crystal, firstly you're looking at like you know so many tables and so many different yeah. tabs within yeah. the tables, and you know you're trying to figure out what's happening in that screen. So you know, for a tool like Crystal, you know what happens is you tend to get lost in the sauce over there. You go like, I'm seeing so many tables, so many tabs that don't make any sense, and you know I don't know how they function, what this. Even after talking to the users, we didn't know. But what you have to remember as a designer is the fact that the core doesn't change. If you're building a table, you need certain essential functions. You need the title, you know, the title tab, uh, title row, sorry. How do you place those rows? How do you place those actions? If there are other actions like edit, delete, whatever, where do they come? At the end of the day, you are building what you already know. Right? It's only a matter of guiding the product in a way where it does a specialized function. Right? But all the other parts that make up this whole product, right, they remain the same. You, you said it very right. Like there are mostly tables and numbers and heavy looking interface. Right? Or like graphs maybe at, graphs. at most, yeah. Still, I mean, aesthetics in that, in, in that product have been ignored for so long now, yeah. right? I mean, even though this is the place where it becomes even more important, right? I mean, on a page where there are only five things made for a customer to make it look simple, easier to make it look aesthetically beautiful, right? Yeah. When you have plethora of data on a page, making that look beautiful, that is a cha cha challenge for designers. Yeah. And I think that is why people don't really go for it. Firstly, the companies know how difficult it is going to be to yeah. explain what they are doing to someone who's like, forget like the same company, not even from the same industry. 
<laughs> right? So it's they know the challenge that lies behind that. But what they have to understand it is they make that initial push, right? It's a long-term investment for them. And what designers have to understand is that it'll give you perspective about your own skills as a designer. And right? beyond. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't know if you remember, uh, we were discussing like how, you know, we give design challenges for people we are hiring and uh, or for that matter on portfolios, people, you know, redesign Spotify and all of that. And I just randomly said to you, ki, you know, Spotify is doing everything, Microsoft Word redesign and show me. Yeah, man. Right? That's the challenge. It's literally like that, you know, an established tool. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> we should though. Yeah. But what you're essentially trying to do is you're trying to shake up an established tool or an established like, you know, product, not, not even called a tool. It's established. It, it is the leader in what it does only because nobody tried to do it differently. Right. And that is where you come in as a designer. Yeah. Right. Everybody talks about disrupt. I mean, like that word means nothing to me now. If you, you want to disrupt, you go to a Chrisville, you go to a Comviva, you go look at their internal products. Right, which they were using before we, we got our hands dirty with it, right? And you try and look at how you can make lives easier there. And therein lies your challenge, right? Yeah. And if you look at enterprise UX as like this robotic entity which you have to fix, you know, that's not gonna work for you. You are doing it for it's people. Not. It's yeah. not it's not something which you can just fix on your screen. It's exactly Figma or whatever you use. Yeah. Right? I mean I think enterprise UX is a category which requires so much more time before you actually start into your screens. Yeah. Imagine something, us designers, who don't even, who hardly even know how to file your own ITR, <laughs> building a financial product yeah. with so many numbers for Crystal. Absolutely. It took us, I think, almost two months to first understand what is and what is And that is, I think, the challenge and the hurdle because of which most designers don't get into it. Because you know that as a designer, you will really have to step out of your comfort zone. And it's not a product that you can just make look pretty. You know, I mean, <laughs> like that's not yeah. going to solve it. Yeah, that's not I, the primary objective. Although we did do that as well. You know, we didn't keep that aside. Like you said, like these established tools, they just look like, you know, your, uh, what do you call Mac OS ka system wala jo hota hai, no? <laughs> Yeah, it looks like, it used to look like that, but we made it pretty yeah. and functional. And at the end of the day, everyone's happy using it. And that's exactly what you need. You need to go in with the conviction that not only am I going to make this work, I'm going to make it work to a point where people are happy to use it and happy to open it because it looks good as well. And it looks damn good, by the way. Like, we put illustrations into a financial tool. Like I, I think that alone speaks to the amount of uh, conviction we have in trying to re rebuild an established set of principles in an organization. So I think, I mean, uh, for, for clients, what I think based on whatever experience we have had at one thing and before, it's, it shouldn't be taken as the last thing to invest in, yeah, ideally. Absolutely. It should be the first thing, in fact. Enable your employees with all the tools they need to make something better for your customers, which will result into direct profits. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like, uh, I think you said it right. If from the client's perspective, from the organization's perspective, sorry, you are building this so that you make the lives of your employees easy and yours, and yours for that. Yeah. Exactly. You know, 
be it from the top down or from the bottom up, if you can really use what you've built, right, and if you built it to specifications, right, your life is definitely getting easier, right. And as designers, we shouldn't shy away from projects like this. I think we should take it as a challenge. Yeah, make it look cool. Like I said, like it's an enterprise product and we put illustrations in it, nobody said shit to us, you know. And one like, takeaway from this discussion, I'm definitely going to have an assignment, for senior designers especially, Oh, We're yeah. going to have an assignment which involves an enterprise UX design. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that'll be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, for most people who are going to join us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening in, guys. Uh, we'll be coming up with more insightful and interesting topics in this season of Thoughtcast by One Thing. Subscribe to Spotify and YouTube. Keep watching, keep listening. Mm-hmm.